LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Rob Hafer, the head chef of Slurping Turtle. Slurping Turtle is the original River North ramen shop here in Chicago. They take traditional Japanese ramen and sushi dishes, and through unique ingredients, recipes, and presentations, add their own little twist. Slurping Turtle blends the culture and culinary experiences of Japan with the spirited personalities of the chefs in their kitchen. The turtle symbolizes longevity and good luck in Japanese culture. While enjoying ramen, you are encouraged to slurp your noodles as a polite gesture of enjoyment. The Slurping Turtle is a sign of the harmonious relationship they strive to create with their food and their guests. They invite you to join them in a quest for noodle nirvana. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun little conversation with Rob Hafer of Slurping Turtle. So today we're sitting down with Rob Hafer of Slurping Turtle. How are you? Good. Tell us what you do in one or two sentences. In one or two sentences, I cook good food. How about one sentence? Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Sitting there hanging out at Independence Tap, right before playing a little magic, throwing down. So, you are, what is your actual title at Serving Turtle? I am the head chef. Okay. So, so we, walk us through your career, how you got to that point. Oh, you just kind geez. of wake up one day when you're eight years old, like, I want to be the head chef of a Japanese restaurant. Well, no, I, when, I, <laughs> when I was eight years old, I was cutting vegetables for my mom, who used to do catering and stuff like okay. that. And I thought I was going to be like... Ian can't cook on TV, and I grabbed a cleaver and started chopping the asparagus super fast. Yeah. And I almost cut my finger off. <laughs> I still have the scar. I was bleeding out under the sink, crying. I remember it vividly. That was probably my first ever uh, cooking experience. But just coming from a family that cooked, I mean, it was crazy. I got out of the Navy. I mean, I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be an electrician. I joined the Navy. And yeah. Went all the way to the West Coast, and then when I got out, didn't want to be an electrician, and worked retail for a little while, and lost that job, and then started <laughs> cooking. And I started cooking, and one of my friend's uh, girlfriend was in culinary school. She's like, you should go to culinary school. So I uh, I worked at night, okay. and went to culinary school in the morning, and paid cash every quarter. Nice. And uh, never finished, but... You know, started learning more at work than I was at school. Which is pretty true a lot and, of like places, yeah. Yeah, and then just kind of left it. So school was way behind me, and I could probably go back for like a month and get my degree, Great. but I don't think I need it. <laughs> what's the point now? So what's the point now? I see my so. friends, he's like running a recruiting company here in Chicago, and then like he has an unfinished degree. And then people are like, oh, he's like not qualified to do his job. I'm like, I don't know, like all these like, you know, Credentials like in a line of business. Yeah, like, I, I think he's pretty good at what he, what he does. Like these sure. are his clients. Like sure, you will go. Oh, you didn't finish your degree from so and so college. Like we don't want to work with you. Like, <laughs> it'd be a shame to <laughs> not give somebody an opportunity because they don't have a piece of paper. Oh, you know? yeah, absolutely. So I know a lot of 
like all the executive chefs I've ever worked for, none of them are culinary graduates. Really? You know, I mean, like Takashi, not a graduate. Rick Bayless, not a graduate. You know, Ming Tsai, not a graduate. You know, all just people that like grew up cooking or mm -hmm. or got their, you know, got their chops going from restaurant to restaurant. Right. Learning other other executive chefs, you know, and just uh, got good enough at it to where the piece of paper didn't really matter. That makes total sense. You know. I mean, it makes sense so, that you go there and you train to understand what your passion is, but it's like, why you just stick around an extra time just to get the piece of paper when you yeah. go pursue your passion? And the other, I mean, uh, one of the other negatives about culinary school is, like, your, your, your last third or your last, like, maybe even half sometimes if you're, if you're working, yeah. you're, they just put you to work at school, <laughs> you know, and you're teaching the kids and you're, you're showing them how to do it, yeah. and you're, you know, and you're doing all these things that you're paying for and you should be getting paid to do it right. so it's like towards the end it was just like why am i even here you know <laughs> so so how did you guys come to start running serving turtle are you guys owner like what's the situation over there well i've been working with uh takashi concepts okay. since i moved back from seattle cool. in 2011 so i you know, had a whole other life over there, married, kids, yeah. head chef, all that stuff like that, and then just kind of hit the reset button. Well, I didn't hit the reset button. <laughs> you know, the reset button got hit on me, and, you know, it got to a point where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go to Chicago. The food's better. The food's bigger, you know, and, you know, I got a place to land and everything, so I came back and just started at Takashi Restaurant in Bucktown okay. as, a, as a meat cook Yeah. and making, like, ten fifty an hour, and then just... Stayed with that company, whether it was Takashi Restaurant or Slipping Turtle mm -hmm. or Tabo Sushi or Tabo Noodles. It, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, even did some work with Macy's. Cool. Um, and stuff like that. And just kind of stuck around and just worked my way all the way up through, you know, to the point where I was his sous chef no matter where we were, you know. And then I went away for a little while, and then I just came back. I've been back since November of 2017, and slowly taking over the Chicago um, restaurant. Well, not slowly. Yeah. It's mine now. <laughs> so to free up the corporate executive chef, who is currently um, working on uh, opening up a new one in Columbus, Interesting. Ohio, and then he also has to deal with our Ann Arbor, Michigan location. Right. So it's not like some of the closer-knit restaurant structures where, like, all your restaurants are downtown or some of them are two blocks away from yeah, each yeah. other and you can just oversee them easy. He's got to go here and there and fly and drive and all this stuff like that. Um, so to be able to jump back into Slurping Turtle and really take it over and kind of kick him out so mm -hmm. that he can go do the job that he's supposed to do. Right. You know, so that's kind of the position that we're in right now. We're on the last year of our lease. Okay. So who knows what the future holds. <laughs> Do you like so, the location right there on Hubbard? I mean, I liked the location, you know, six years ago. Fair. Um, but it's gotten bigger, it's gotten louder, and it's gotten clubbier. Oh, yeah. And um, so that kind of deters, like, late-night diners. You know, I would say probably after 9 or 10 o'clock, we don't really see much because we're right next to Joy District. Yeah. And the lines are out the door and down the block. And, you know, mom and dad don't want to come down Hubbard Street at 10 o'clock on Friday night anymore. Yeah. You know, they used to. And then, then 
I mean, we do have ramen son right down the street, mm-hmm. and we got another ramen place right around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, um, back in 2012, 2013, when the restaurant first opened, there was zero competition. Right. You know, we did in a day what we do in, like, three days now. And right. that's just because of, like, saturation of the market, mm-hmm. you know. There's, like, I've been doing this ramen. I've been starting this ramen tour thing where once a week I go to a different ramen place. Right. And just in Chicago, you know, I just got on map or google maps and just typed in ramen Mm -hmm. and online and just pulled up the full list and was able to get like my first 40 places without even you know getting past the suburbs right you know made a list in in, of 40 places to go eat that all have the same thing Mm -hmm. within like 15 minutes i was done with the list and like outside of pizza or hamburgers i don't think there's really (laughs) another place you know steakhouses are scattered out italian restaurants are scattered out you know but ramen just like exploded it's huge you know and it's great for the food but it's bad for business oh definitely you know so so walk us through kind of what your game plan is that you guys are exploring 50 different ramen places you're blogging about it what's kind of the end goal just just the, the end goal for me is just to see what's out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be a restaurant critic right, right, right. by any means. Yeah. I, I don't have any desire to be whatsoever. Um, for me, it's just more about the experience. Mm-hmm. And we right now, it's just me and my fiance. Right. But we want to take other people. We want to take other couples. We want to take our family. Right. We want to take my line cooks. You know, because for me, it's more about the experience exactly. of going out and eating it. Yeah. You know, and people's experience with ramen their level of experience are completely different every single time somebody may have only ever had a cup of noodles Mm. and then somebody knows how to make 16 hour tonkotsu broth yeah you know so it's always fun to hear people talk about oh i don't like it it's too salty i don't like it it's too spicy you know this isn't for me the noodles taste weird why are they chewed you know yeah so to experience other people's like reflection on ramen is more why i want to do it you know, and it's also great research and development. Mm-hmm. See what other people are doing right. See what other people are doing wrong. I don't want to judge anybody right. because everybody's got their own style. You know, so it's just kind of with something to do. You I'm know, looking forward to going to Matsuya with you guys. Yeah, we're kind of uh, celebrities there. We always ask if they have uni or not. Okay, it's so bad that even if I call now, they'll use our names. Like, yeah, this is where it's from. See you guys in 15 minutes. And they hang up on us. <laughs> That's great. Just get here. Yeah, we got it. It tells where it's from. They know if we're coming or not. I don't like, we'll see you in like 15 minutes. Because like, we usually do my other friend's restaurant, and we go there after she wants the uni. Yeah. And we always go there like kind of like later night for them. And so we just talk to the, the chefs behind the counter and the workers, because we're like the only ones there. Yeah. And, like, it's just like crazy. And we're like, whatever. So we go there like order around. You guys, you guys are like at a table today? And like, not ori uni? This is weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, too, because we haven't really planned. We haven't really, like, made a map yeah. of where we're going to go. It's kind of just like we do we, – we have matching days off mm-hmm. because she was able to create her schedule. And she's just like, I want Wednesday, Thursdays off. Yeah. Those days are unavailable. Mm-hmm. So we have the opportunity, and we just kind of, like, either on Wednesday night or on Thursday night, it's like, where are we? Yeah. And then Google, what's the closest one? The second week we went, we ended up going to uh, uh, a ramen place in Lincoln Park. Oh, cool. But because I went to Good Games yeah. to pick up a card. Yeah. And I picked up a card, and then I got in the car, and I was like, closest ramen. And that's where we ended up. Mm-hmm. I think it was Takaya ramen. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. So, and that's just kind of 
it's just kind of at the whim and kind of like we just make a promise that's like kind of our second job right. on Wednesday or Thursday to eat ramen, you know. <laughs> so we've been running the ramen of the month or the noodle of the month right. because next month isn't going to be a ramen. Um, but we've been running the noodle of the month and we've been able to use like once a month, like she brings her mom to Turtle. Cool. Or she came to Turtle herself in March and she brought her mom in February. So it's kind of like, okay, that's just an easy way out for the week. Yeah. <laughs> we got our ramen in for the week, you know, whether it's me alone, her alone, us together, yeah. you know, 20 people, whatever it is, we just got to get it done. So, so like, you know, like a lot of exploration kind of see how you want to implement it into the restaurant. How do you kind of go about updating and changing your menu? Once, like, how do you like what's being successful? What's different with your specials? How do you kind of gauge all that? I think a lot of it comes down to like just what we feel like doing. Okay. I mean, the noodle of the month, we've kind of like, so January we did what was called the resolution ramen. Okay. We used shirtake noodles mm -hmm. and lean beef in a low sodium broth okay. with mushrooms, like super high protein, almost zero carbs, yeah. you know, kind of thing, you know, just for resolution ramen. February, I did a ramen that had all kinds of red in it. We called the, we called it the hopeless romantic. <laughs> um, but like shrimp and pork meatballs, but then I cut the Naruto into little hearts, mm -hmm. and I had red marinated eggs instead of brown marinated eggs, and nice. red kimchi. I made a chili powder noodle, you know, so the noodles were red. So it kind of went off that theme. This March, of course, right. we have it's called the Shamrock Show You. Okay. And so it's corned beef mm -hmm. and potatoes and cabbage and mustard greens and horseradish. So it's kind yeah. of playing off that. And then we're kind of into a situation. Okay. Well, we're, we're out of holidays, mm -hmm. so what do we do? Last December, we did like a Thanksgiving, or we did a Thanksgiving ramen, a holiday ramen for yeah. November and December, nice. and turkey and sweet potato, blah, blah, blah. It's, but it's like April, so like now what do we do? Yeah. So now it's kind of a point where it's like, okay, well, if we don't have a theme, we just got to do something we want to do. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, in uh, April, we're going to do um, spicy beef yaki udon. Okay, interesting. So... Because I wanted to do it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do yaki udon. You know, nobody else is selling yaki udon. So let's just do a yaki udon. Let's come up with it. Components we already have. Don't have to bring anything in right. except for the beef. And it's just kind of like, what's going to be cost effective? You know, can I get the ribeye or do I have to slice my own top round? You know, kind of develop for the entire month. Like, already started thinking about it in March. Or, sorry, February. And then I have all of March to develop it for when April 1st comes. Yeah. By then it'll be fine-tuned and you just go. Um, other than that, like our main menu pretty much stays the same until we feel like something's grown stagnant. And then we just kind of have like um, a slot for it. So we okay. always have the classic ramen. Mm -hmm. But then we have two other slots. We, have, we need to do a vegetarian one. Right. Well, what are we going to do for the vegetarian one? Maybe once a year. Last year, we had this tofu mushroom with a shoyu broth and lots of vegetables. This this year, it's a red curry okay. ramen. You know, and then next year, we, we're thinking about doing a, um, a soy milk broth. Interesting. A miso soy milk broth. Just to be different, yeah. you know, and that's our vegetarian option. And then we always want to have, like, a seafood ramen. And then the other classics just kind of stay where they are. Maybe they get altered a little bit, the garnishes, right. stuff like that. But, like, the main classics, like the tantan and tonkatsu and shoyu, they're always going to be the same. They're never going to go anywhere. It's like the Big Mac at McDonald's. <laughs> you know, if we took it off, every, you know, there are three biggest sellers. 
why would we ever touch them? Makes sense. You know, except to maybe alter the broth to make it better mm-hmm. or maybe add a garnish or maybe subtract the garnish. But for the most point, those are always going to be there. So and are a lot of your customers, like review customers, that you guys recognize or is this kind of we do, traffic or? We do have a great amount of like regulars, like lunch break regulars, yeah. um, just because where we are, right. you know, all the offices and everything like that. Um, offices above us in our building we give 20% off to all the people that work in our building nice. you know stuff like that neighbor discounts and all that stuff. so we do see a lot of repeat customers we also get a lot of industry people we do a Monday night industry night oh cool you get 40% off your entire bill alcohol everything you know so we get a lot of people coming in from other restaurants yeah you know lunch breaks and mids and you know servers that are working doubles will come in and eat you know so we do see a lot of familiar faces and I think that the, the fact that we were, like, the original ramen spot in mm-hmm. Chicago or one of the original ramen spots pretty much establishes us to where we have people that are always like, do you want to have ramen? Yes. Where are we going to go? Slurping turtle. Sure. There's, like, no thought. Yeah. You know, so there are people who are just like, I'm going to have ramen. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm going to go to turtle. You know. So. How would you guys describe maybe, like, your atmosphere there? Because, obviously, it's very distinct. Like the all white kind of. It is. Yeah. It is the the original idea behind like the front of the restaurant and the three booths in the top and the three booths in the bottom was to make it look like a bento box. Nice. And it, I think it yeah. does a good job of that. And then I think the white the community table when the restaurant opened in 2011, community tables were just like kicking. Like yeah. people were like, let's just put a. I remember. I think. The W on Lakeshore Drive was one of the first places to do it. Yeah. Like, just like, okay, fireplace on this end, super long table fireplace on that end. <laughs> you know? And so it was like, that was kind of the cool thing to do and the yeah. easy way to seat a lot of people. And we do do like a diner style kind of dining. Right. Uh, we don't take reservations for any party smaller than six. Yeah. And first come, first serve. If the booths are full, you're sitting at the table or you're waiting for a booth. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not like, it's not like, okay, we want a booth. This is our time reservation. Yeah. Because booths only seat four people. So right. nobody could ever reserve a booth. A booth. In the box. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like come and go. So, I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. Like the atmosphere in the restaurant, I really feel like it's like a general manager dependent. Mm-hmm. So we, we do have such a, a blank slate. You know, there's nothing dedicated to like rock and roll or culture or, right. you know, there's no actual like theme to the restaurant so like we've had managers come in who turn the place into like an alternative rock show and it gets like a rocky kind of like they'll even hire servers that look like stuff yeah. like that you know manager comes in really big into r&b so like the vibe's a little more chill the lights go down sooner yeah. you know so it's really transformative and it's really comes down to like who the general manager is on on any given day versus yeah. like any given month you right. know <laughs> Our, our general manager will come in and she'll play like Bone Thugs and Harmony for lunch and then <laughs> our other front of the house manager will come in and we're listening to like banger techno all night right. you know so I really can't put a, put a label on it that's the best part yeah yeah <laughs> so what else do you guys serve in there besides sushi people came in and experienced it what well, are you expecting outside of like the ramen and the sushi I think a lot of people don't expect us to have we have what's called chahan which is like Japanese style fried rice okay. so it's not like Chinese style fried rice where everything's put in together mm-hmm. uh, Japanese style fried rice is more like a base of rice and vegetables okay. with garnishes on the top of it so people are a little surprised um, and it's always everybody's kind of like go back 
like I'm not really ready to try this ramen because yeah. I've never had it before. So I'll just have fried rice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's a pretty easy option. Then we have a great like like Japanese style tapas. Um, we got little bao buns, little lotus buns, like yeah. Korean street buns. Um, so we got four different kinds of those, and then our duck fat fried chicken is like to die for. It's yeah. like everybody thinks it's the most amazing thing <laughs> in the world, and it's such a such a simple recipe and such a simple process, but it comes out so good. Nice. So that's pretty popular. So we do have a, a, a big selection of cold apps, hot apps. You know, it's not just like most of the other ramen places are, are a lot more dedicated to ramen. Yeah. I'd say we're we're lean, we're a ramen place that leans kind of into like izakaya style dining. Right. But not all the way. I mean, we used to have like something like thirty something appetizers. It used to be like true izakaya, but we've kind of pushed more towards the ramen side mm-hmm. because that's the way the trend is going. You know, like um, high five. Yeah. That's what they have. Ramen. Five of them. And that's it. <laughs> you know? And like a bowl of edamame. It you makes know? it simple though. Like so yeah. Ramen yeah. son down the street. They have like three hot appetizers, two cold appetizers, and then ramen. Yeah. So it's um it's a fine line between like where do you where do you put yourself as like an actual sit down appetizer hot appetizer, cold appetizer, entree kind of restaurant or people just coming and getting a bowl of ramen and going yeah you know so we're trying to find right now we're trying to find the best balance of both because we feel like we're losing business to the people that just want a bowl of ramen and get out yeah and we're offering them too much of an experience Mm -hmm. so to say compared to like another place where just like it's all about the business get get your bowl of ramen and get out yeah you know so it it makes sense too like find a lunch hour like i remember when i went there for like a business lunch like, I didn't care how long it took, but, like, the person I was meeting, she's, like, a CEO of the company. So, like, look at her watch the whole time. I'm like, dude, it's, yeah. like, packed. We actually yeah. had to wait for, like, a table. Like, I was, like, I here 15 minutes early. Yeah. It's just, like, what do you kind of expect? Like, yeah, busy restaurant. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen fast. Yeah. You know, but we, we, we have been, you know, throwing things back and forth of strictly about lunch. Like, do we minimize the menu to the point where it's more of an express thing? Yeah. Are we losing people because they know... That it's going to take a little longer. And it yeah. may not be them. They may just come in and want their bowl of ramen and go. Yeah. But the other tables around them or the other tables, like, that are in the restaurant right. might be taking longer, which will slow yeah. the kitchen down. So, we're working on it. Cool. <laughs> uh, what else would you like to leave our listeners with about Soupy Turtle or yourself? Um, just come in. <laughs> just come in and eat, man. I mean, come in, say hi, you know. I mean, we, we're always looking for business, and we're always looking to, you know, people to come in and actually enjoy you know, a, a great dining experience, whether it is just a bowl of ramen or whether it's, you know, the, the full nine yards. Hamachi tacos, sushi, sashimi, large sushi platters, octopus, cuttlefish, you know, yeah. everywhere. You can go all the way out, or you can just come in and have a bowl of noodles. I mean, that's one of the best parts about the restaurant, I believe. Before we sign off, tell us a little bit more about the uh, Love of Chocolate Gala we saw you at the other day and oh. how fun that was. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I mean, the, any gala, I believe, is a lot of fun. I do, we do a lot of them. We probably do about six to ten of them a year. Um, a lot of times it's all donated food, Yeah. you know, so we don't go crazy on it. Um, some of the vendors there get paid to be there, Yeah. you know, but we just volunteer, you know. Um, this will be the third year. And we're the only, we're, we've 
actually seen an increase in savory food because the first year we did it, it was like all dessert. Yeah. And, and we had a thousand pieces of sushi and we were done in 40 minutes <laughs> because people were like, oh, I don't want another cookie. Yeah. I want regular food. And then they would come over and eat like half a roll. Yeah. Like you got 1,200 people at the gala and they all want to take four pieces. So it's just like... You know, it's been an experience. Last, last, this, this last one that I met you at, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it was probably the most streamlined one. Mm-hmm. I put everything in disposables. We still made a thousand. Yeah. I had the same setup, everything ready to go. I came in, sold out, and went home. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> I've, I've known from experience you can get a little crazy at the galas, especially when you're one yep. of the ones wearing a chef coat yeah you know and everybody wants to hand you everything or taste this try this drink this and the next thing you know it's just like a two o'clock in the morning party (laughs) so you gotta get in and out of galas as soon as you can if you want to make it with your life so let's play some magic yeah definitely this episode is sponsored by bites kitchen the best of times are always shared at the table Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. (laughs) At Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.